You're listening to the Bill Chaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. Stay up to date on UMD Athletics with Midco Sports Plus, the official streaming app of Midco Sports. Watch games live or later from your device. Plus, get full access to original shows like North Dakota Hockey Central, Day by Day, and Midco Sports Magazine. Head to midcosportsplus.com to sign up today. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast, episode 12 of this school year. Alex Heiner, Build Shaves, we're taping this on a Tuesday, just past the noon mark on the 18th of January. Good to see you, Bill. Yeah, great to see you, Alex. Uh, as we uh, head into 22 here, it feels like we're kind of cresting on some waves here, right? Like uh, the Omicron wave is uh, hit the upper Midwest, let's just say. Feels a lot like last year around this time. Pretty pretty similar feel, specifically like March of last year when football games were being pushed back and there was a lot of uncertainty over whether you were going to have a game or not over the course of the weekends. We've seen it affect the Summer League basketball season greatly. We saw it affect, obviously, the NCHC. We've seen it affect men's tennis this last week. Give us the quick update on what's going on right now from your world and how this has really affected things from from top to bottom in athletics around the country yeah so very broadly all of our conferences uh in obviously the two that we're we're uh you know t- uh, talking with on a weekly basis right now the nchc and the summit league have have each uh made the decision to try to reschedule games because you just don't know how this wave is going to hit and that was a little bit of a departure from what maybe you thought about going into the year. And, and so that was a pivot that happened. And you're, now you're seeing uh, programs, in, no matter what sport it is, dealing with positives, which regardless of the guidance you're getting out there, and that could be altering guidance. I'll get into that in a half a second. But at the end of the day, it still is very contagious virus that you're not wanting to transmit to others in this moment of time. I don't think we've hit endemic at this stage. You know, if we do hit endemic, you know, maybe maybe we're talking differently at this point in time. But what's happened is, and, and we've seen it in other sports around the globe, truly, is it's not only the virus, but you add in who's available on your roster via injuries, et cetera. And so, yeah, honestly, Alex, you know, I feel like we're kind of back in that moment where every, every hour could be a, a situation where we're getting some new information that we're going to have to react to. It's got to be tough on your office, on the coaches, you know, the players. You, and I, the, I mean, for us too, I mean, in the media, you're planning on doing a game on a Wednesday, and think the, you know the rug gets pulled out, and that's that's kind of the nature of how things are right now. And it's unfortunate, but it's been great to see. I think all the leagues make those adjustments on the fly to say, you know what, we can't just throw these games away. Let's work and try and figure out a way to get as many competitions as possible, as fair as we can. I think you got to give a ton of credit to what 
both leagues right now are doing and what all these individual schools are doing. And you hope it makes a difference in the end that our student athletes can still have a great experience this winter and this year and still have competition that looks as close to normal as possible. Yeah. So, so we're, re- I agree with all that, Alex. And, um, as best as we can. So we're probably going in it with two thoughts. Can we play? And, and, and if we can't, for whatever reason, because we fall below the roster numbers, how soon can we know that information to be fair to others so that they might be able to play on something, I'll call it on the fly, and, um, and, and maybe continue to play games and have competitions? Because I think you know, from a principal standpoint, that hasn't changed. You know, we're trying to play games. We're trying to reschedule games regardless of what our rosters may look like at this point in time. And I feel like I'll dip into one area. I'll dip into men's basketball right now. I feel like men's basketball is kind of, I, I, I've seen this, this, this show before. It was women's basketball last year. It was yeah. the same, uh, same, same movie I, just a year later. And we've seen what's happened on the women's side this year on, on a little bit of a bounce back a little bit after you have your entire roster. And I think Coach Sather's dealing with just a lot of moving parts right now. And, uh, you know, and, and he's, you know, he's a very, very good coach. And so he, he will figure this thing out moving forward. But it's just been challenging. And, and obviously, we saw hockey. Uh, they had some positives. So therefore, uh, unfortunately, couldn't play home against Omaha, uh, which then led to Omaha going to Denver, who, which they were supposed to be there the week before. And so now we're heading to Kalamazoo uh, and trying to play Western Michigan. And so all of that, those are things. <laughs> and we're not even talking about the tennises and the tracks where we had some issues that we had to deal with right as they were like leaving. In fact, tennis was in a van going. And so, so, so there's just, those things are absolutely happening in real time right now. It's just crazy. And you, you, I think described the situation really well, that you don't know what team is going to be going through this, that the men's basketball team is going through right now, or to have, games called off as you're ready to play and you know, you've got to basically get pulled off the court or have to turn the car around on the interstate. Um, it's, it's just, uh, it's complicated stuff, but that's, that's the world we're living in right now. So, and again, in the world that we live in where, where things can get parsed, I I'm a little bit um, sensitive to about what I'm about to say, but, but I think it's fair. And some of the things that we're still trying to deal with here, anyone that has, the term medical advisory next to their name to some degree, I think it's a tough job. It's like officiating really hard as you're dealing with a pandemic in real time. So a lot of times you're getting advice from a, a, a medical standpoint after years of study. And, and then you get the information we're asking these folks to update their stuff and balance some things right now as far as keeping, I'll call it life going, and also trying to be as safe as possible. So there's a, there's a total balance. Unfortunately, on January 5th, we got new guidance from the NCAA, which was fine. We go by their guidance. They had they had tweaked the the idea of fully vaccinated to including your booster. Well, that got reversed last Wednesday. And in that week, 
has added some confusion for, let's just say, our department, and rightly so. And so at the end of the day, we're just trying to work through that and so that we know who then needs to test and who doesn't need to test. Because the difference between being fully vaxxed via the CDC, which is a series of one shot with J&J or two shots with Moderna Advisor, or being up to date, which that means being boosted, is different. So bring that on home to North Dakota. You still have to quarantine if you're not boosted. That doesn't mean you're not fully faxed on the NCA CDC side. So you can see how there can be some confusion with what's transpiring. So we're trying to continually to articulate this to our, our student athletes, our coaches, and trying to do all that's right. I think that's perfectly clear. I don't know what you're talking about. How could anybody be confused, Bill? <laughs> and you laid that out very clearly, but that's awfully difficult when they're switching the guidelines and reversing something a week after they had just gone through. It's That's hard. That's hard for kids and hard for coaches and hard for everybody to sort of figure out how to walk which line and difficult stuff right now. It is. Uh, you know, in, in I, I would say this. I think f- for the most part, everyone has great intentions. And, and, and I think people are doing things because they believe that's the right thing at the right time. But you're also finding out sometimes when you do make a, a decision or a tweak, maybe you have to then pivot from that because of what some of the unintended consequences are in the dominoes that are falling. So those are some of the real time stuff that we're, we're kind of dealing with right now. And, you know, um, of course, competitions, wins, losses, love to do all of that at the end of the day. But we're, we're still trying to get, you know, our student athletes to, to participate, to play, to, to represent the University of North Dakota. And that's, you know, as, as safely as we can. And, uh, you know, in an instance, I will say that there's sometimes where even though you could be either boosted or fully vaxxed, whatever your definition wants to be up to date, um, is the fact that we might still ask you to test because you could be asymptomatic and you could be spreading to others. And so there's just some pieces to this that's really kind of confusing and I feel for folks. Yeah, that last piece that you mentioned, again, asymptomatic, but but still testing. The NHL just today has said they're going to start to reverse away from that start after the all-star break. So they've kind of changed their rules on the fly. And some people, I saw today on social media, some people were applauding that decision others were cringing at that decision and there's just it's still such a divisive issue right now over what the best way is forward to play these games safely and to protect people and it again it's hard it's hard to say what the right thing is to do but like i said you follow the guidelines and do the best you can and try and keep your kids safe and hopefully you can get through the whole season it is challenging when the guidelines change within a week twice not great that that one was a tough one that 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 one was a tough one because you know you've got to default back to you know how are you playing uh, a sport that's you know close uh, you can't keep physical distance uh, it, it, well you've got to follow some guidelines right so you follow the guidelines that your association sets forth and again I, they didn't do it to to um, you know to 
to wreak havoc, uh, you know, certainly at UND. That, that was not the case, but it just made for some confusion that we have to now kind of deal with. And, and that's fine. We will. And that's what you do. I mean, I, you just you kind of figure it out and try to be as communicative as possible, as clear as you can be. But um, things can change, as we know. As we know, yes. Well, I'm sure it's going to continue to change and evolve over the course of the rest of this, probably this week and this month. But thankfully, right now, at the moment, everything that's on the schedule for for the upcoming week and the weeks ahead are staying in place. There have not been any last-minute cancellations as of 12.22 on Tuesday. So fingers crossed that that continues on and that we can have sort of a, a return close to a, a normal January and into February. But Stay tuned. Again, if you're out there and you're, you're attending a game, you're planning on traveling, you know, to watch our teams play, just just stay update before you leave and before you enter the facility. And I know social media will do a good job of keeping you posted on what's happening. Yeah, the uh, you know the challenge that we're finding in both uh, hockey and in the Summit League right now with hoops is you're just going to run out of dates. And so at the end, you know, there's there's some principles that that we're both uh, that both leagues are abiding by to try to do the reschedule piece. But, you know, it's just uh, it's going to be a challenge at some point. And that's why you try to find, uh, you know, the, the, the nearest date. But, you know, depending on what's happening around the league, some some teams have multiple games to reschedule. So it may not it may be a date might be good for you, it may not be good for the other team. Yeah, one of the good examples of that in the Summit League right now, North Dakota men had a couple of games postponed against South Dakota and South Dakota State. You've already made up the game against USD on a Monday. The SDSU game is going to be played on a Monday at the end of the month. But then this St. Thomas game from this past week gets postponed. And a makeup date, I believe, has not been set yet for that contest. And you're just trying to find windows. And it's, like you said, at some point, <laughs> the tournament has to happen. You're going to have to have your postseason. And win percentage is a great thing. You can just kick to that to decide seating and who's hosting and who's who's at home ice and who's all the, all those things. There there are ways to get around this, but you just hope again that that the majority of these games can happen and these kids can have as close to a. a of normal experience as possible this year. Yeah, well, we're close to uh, uh, announcing. I'll let the Summit League announce the the St. Thomas uh, reschedule, but I I think we figured out a date there, and so I, we should be we should be good in that regard. But you know, as this wave continues, Alex, there's no doubt there's going to be some other challenges along the way for probably potentially us, but others, no doubt. Yeah, that's that's almost a guarantee right now. Stall well. Again, excited that things are still happening. It's always fun to see when games do take place. I know for us on the television side, it's it's obviously difficult. You're trying to plan with crews and you're trying to get people in certain places and moving trucks up and down I-29 to do these games. And it's hard when you're having to, to go through the ringer every Monday, Tuesday when things get all shaken up. And we're just one piece of this big puzzle of people trying to figure things out in this pandemic. Well, that's why sooner is better. Uh, when you know something, it, it, for all all for folks that are planning on coming to the game, for our student athletes, for our opposition, for uh, folks that we partner with, such as yourself, it's just good to know because you might be able then to turn around and maybe figure out: is there another game out there that you weren't doing that maybe you could do? Yeah, and the, the cool thing is, is again with these leagues and with how tight I think our member institutions are in both the NCHC and the Summit. And you mentioned it last week in the NCHC. That was a great example. Wednesday's pretty late to call off a Friday-Saturday series, 
but for it to come out when it did. And the teams were able to make it work. The UNO was able to reschedule things, make up a game against Denver that they were supposed to have played the week before, albeit in a different location. They had to shift the dates a little bit to sort of give the Mavericks more time to get to the Rockies. But those things just don't happen unless you have good communication. And so that's proof that you can sort of figure things out kind of on the fly, even though there's so much logistics that go into figuring out a complete schedule change. It's possible. So those are those are positive signs that there's enough flex, flexibility and agility uh, among different parties to, to make some of those things happen. Yeah, and you start with the principles of playing. That's it. it playing games. I, it, you know, And if you default back to that, it it somewhat makes decisions a bit easier for sure. Now you got to figure out our facilities uh, available, you know, are, you know, what are some of the other things we're potentially missing, but I think, uh, you know, commissioner Fenton's leadership, both in the NCHC now in the summit league uh, has been second to none. And he's been just tremendous. And one of his, you know, he's got a lot of strengths, but one of his uh, major strengths is communication. And he makes sure that, you know, we, we vet through all the possibilities. And then uh, at the end of the day, try to make the right decision for the student athlete to try to play games. Continued good luck to Josh in both camps and everybody within those two leagues. And again, in leagues across the country as we try and figure this out here in 2022. Tough, tough times, but good to see on the rundown that we have a lot of games and competitions to talk about, which is exciting. Um, we're going to chat a little bit more about some of league streaming stuff and NCAA convention that Bill's going to be going to in a couple of days. But first, a number of really positive things to talk about from UND Athletics, starting with the women's basketball team, who have now won four games in a row. It's great to see what this group can do when everybody's on the floor. And Mallory Bernhardt and company have had that the last couple of weeks with Omaha, Denver, Western, St. Thomas, all those games going in the win column. Casey Baravich, the player of the week in the conference after another great pair of performances. This seems rolling, Bill. They're number four in the Summit League all of a sudden. Yeah, you know... Um... You know, if you look back to last year, um, you know, it almost like for, for some of our uh, athletes, they just, it, it felt like they never got going, right? It felt like Case was one of those. Uh, it just like she never had the opportunity to really, really get going. And now you're seeing, uh, um, you know, what she can do when there's some consistency and uh, consistencies and minutes played and consistency within the roster itself. So feels like right now they're in a place where you kind of have a pretty good idea of who they are and what roles they're playing. And, uh, you know, each game, um, you know, uh, is, is difficult in this league. And it seems like, uh, you know, if I had to look at it right now, you know, South Dakota really has done a nice job of kind of separating themselves out, but everything else right, right now is, is kind of there for that team to, to just continue on, uh, with four straight home games now after, uh, having a road sweep, um, you know, you just never know what's going to happen, but you know, again, uh, they, they just got to keep, uh, keep plowing ahead. Yeah, that's that's the way to look at it. And as you said, it's a great time right now. You get Oral Roberts in Kansas City coming to the Betty this weekend. Big games against SDSU and USD the following weekends. The road will get tougher because they'll finish with a number of road games to, to close out the season, which is always hard. But this team has proven they can win on the road. So big, big kind of prove it test on Thursday. Oral Roberts has also won four games in a row and are right there. And they're another one of those teams that's rolling a little bit. So a good chance to consolidate this streak in your own building you know, and keep moving on and moving up the standings. What a, Again, what a difference a year can make when you have your roster in place and you have a little more normalcy 
and another year under for you know for Mallory to sort of establish what she wants, what culture she wants. They've been really fun to watch. We got a chance to watch the their game against Denver last week. It's a scrappy team that just doesn't quit, and they have got some talent, and they've got some scores and some grit on defense. And there's there this you know there the, I you can't say enough good things about how well this program has rebounded from what they had to go through last season. I knew last year that uh, you know you just needed to get your footing. You just needed consistency. You just needed the ability to have the same. Uh, players on the floor just to give you a chance. And so you kind of look at this year with them, you know, they've kind of worked through kind of, kind of maybe today who's starting, who's coming off the bench, who's kind of giving them that energy off the bench. And, you know, um, you know, I, I just think they just, they, they missed that last year. And, you know, as I, hit earlier on the pod, I, I just feel like Paul's group is going through what Mal's group went last year. It's just uh, in- incredibly difficult to not have your full roster for a variety of reasons, right? Could be injury or otherwise, or it could be COVID related. But at the end of the day, it's just turned into a uh, really tough thing where you're maybe uh, trying to do some things with folks in roles that maybe either they're not ready for the role yet, or they're, they're kind of put in and, you know, you're having to play second base when truly maybe you're a third baseman. So however that goes, um, you know, we're, we're, he'll work through it. He'll work through it. I, I you know, with four games on the road uh, and, and obviously going to Oral Roberts be real, real difficult. We know how Kansas city likes to play. And so, uh, you know, it'll be a, uh, it'll be an interesting weekend. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they, whomever is getting reps right now on the men's side needs to take full advantage of those reps so that you can look back moving forward. And when we're here next year at this time saying, you know what, it was worth it. It was worth it, but it's tough when you're going through it. Yeah. They have had a couple of close losses in recent weeks, a close loss to USD, a close loss to Western. And of course they have the St. Thomas game postponed, but yeah, like I said, great opportunity. Now you're going to be on the road for a bit against some good teams, ORU, Kansas City, South Dakota State, USD again. But then again, six of the last eight at home. And you'd hope by that time, maybe guys are getting healthy. Maybe you have a little more semblance of your roster. And it's it's still early enough. And even though they have not picked up a win in Summit League play, they're only five games in. And there's a lot of season left. And so there, there's still a lot to play for for this group to try and punch their way into the Summit League tournament. Opportunities are going to be on the way soon. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I, I think uh, if anyone looks back at, at what um, what Coach Sather's been able to do in his short time here, obviously making it to a league championship game his first year and, uh, you know, lost to a, obviously a pretty good ORU team last year in the tournament, um, you know, uh, and it was a pretty good game, actually. I, th- I thought we gave them a, a pretty good run. They they were starting to get on that that you know that that uh, hamster wheel that that got them all the way to the Sweet 16, and so you know this year becomes just um, a challenge, certainly from a win loss standpoint. But we've got to look at a, a little bit at the bigger picture here and try to uh, continue uh, stabilizing, get get use use some things to you know optimistically of getting again some reps for some individuals that maybe you didn't think would be getting the reps this year. Yeah, best of luck to both the men and women this week. Oral Roberts in Kansas City, one set of series at home, one on the road. Hockey, meanwhile, kind of a not not quite a similar story, but there's just that sense of our our game's going to happen. What's what's going to happen this week? And we had a series postponed against Omaha this past weekend, which was kind of one of those late in the game sort of postponements. But you you have to do those sorts of things. That series has now been moved to the beginning of February. That series meant the Colorado College series had to shift into UND's 
bye week. So just a little a little juggling from one to the next. And now they find themselves ready to play number four, Western Michigan, who is another team that has not had any luck getting games. They've played one game in the last like six weeks. They've not played yet in 2022. The last game was on December the 29th. So a couple of teams that might be a little rusty at Lawson Ice Arena come Friday. But what a what a big series for this group as they jump right back into things against the Broncos team that's been really good this year. Really, really good. And, uh, you know, uh, Lawson is a uh, tough place to play, it's a little bit smaller venue. It's just, uh, it's tight. It's tight. It's uh, um, friendly confines of Lawson Arena. So, uh <laughs> Be there with all of my friends in the student section uh, on Friday night, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. And uh, but it, it'll be should be a, a good series, and uh, we're looking forward to it for sure. I, obviously, you, you hate missing weekends. I mean, that is not uh, what you're drawing up, and uh, it was disappointing for the guys, no doubt about it. But knock on wood, um, as of this recording, all systems go at this point. So let's go. Let's go. All right. I'm good with that. That's good. That's good news, Bill. Hopefully, as you're listening to this, <laughs> that that news won't have changed. But uh, certainly a big weekend coming up. Big news for UND Hockey with Jake Sanderson. The announcement being made that he was uh, asked to be and then accepted a bid to represent Team USA at the Olympics coming up next month. That's exciting stuff for a young man that's pretty, pretty talented and has done a great job so far in his two years at UND. Yeah, exciting for Jake, for sure. Uh, you know, obviously uh the nhl that didn't work out for 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 those players and uh for jake to be recognized this way is a tremendous honor for him uh no doubt about it his family and uh and und hockey so we're excited about that um and uh hopefully everything goes okay you know i mean that's a you know scenario where um you know you, you you're you're kind of just you know, watching it like everybody else, as far as what may or may, you know, transpire in any event that, that we're dealing with right now. But no, going back to, you know, him being on the team, I know there's a lot of, uh, uh, or at least predominantly college type players on the team. And so uh, exciting for Jake to be on there. Maybe a little 1980 flashback. Yeah, yeah. That that was the recipe that worked pretty well over the years. And then the NHL guys started in the nineties and that obviously was a ton of fun, but this this is this is also going to be especially because we didn't have world juniors this is going to be great to see the next generation of of guys like Jake like a lot, a lot of guys in the NCHC Noah Cates from Minnesota Duluth and a couple of players from St. Cloud and a couple of Golden Gophers I mean these are these are players that our North Dakota fan base has seen in person on a couple of occasions this year, and now they're representing the, our country at the, at the biggest stage in Beijing. It's it's going to be pretty cool. It will be pretty cool. So I, you know, excited for it. And uh, you know, it's a uh, you know, we're not used to um, in this country uh, sort of what transpires around the world of kind of like interrupting seasons, right? And to go play for your country, and um, it's just it, it's just kind of fascinating. And uh, yeah, I mean, would we love to have Jake with us? Of course. But I mean, at the end of the day, what an awesome opportunity for him. Uh, and so we're excited about it. It's the international break. That's what Jake's going on right now for a couple of weeks. <laughs> one of the cool things, one last thing about this, it was interesting to sort of see the narrative shift around this because maybe two weeks ago, there was sort of a, a the thought around college hockey, beat writing, et cetera, that all these college guys were going to say no to these Olympic invitations if they would have come maybe two, three, maybe three weeks ago. It just seemed like the risks of going to China and then if you tested positive, you would be quarantined for so long. 
Also, when Team USA would have you come in, you were going to have to probably leave your team maybe in the middle of January and miss maybe six weeks of your season and like all these things. And it just seemed like, you know, the Owen Powers and the Jake Sanderson's and the Maddie Beneers of the world, all those guys were going to say, no, I came back to play college hockey. I don't really want to do this and miss basically the second half of my season. And then more information came out about, well, actually, it's just going to really be for February. And maybe it's only going to be for maybe two weeks or three weeks if you make the gold medal game. And they have similar quarantining issues like we have in America, where it's going to be maybe five days if you test positive, and then you can come back. And all of a sudden, it became like, oh, yeah, all these guys are going to say yes. <laughs> and, that, and that came to pass, I think. Everybody said yes who was asked. And it's, uh, I'm glad that that's the case, that they're not going to have to sacrifice their college season to pursue something that is special and probably once in a lifetime for a number of these guys. I'm glad they can still have it both ways and be back hopefully in plenty of time for the stretch run and for the postseason. Yeah, I think early on, maybe we just didn't know the details. I think that maybe was it, you know? And then once the details got out there, it was a little bit more maybe palatable for the college players to feel as if, you know what, I'm not going to leave my team for so, so long at this point in time. And so I, th- I just think we just didn't know. And so I think when that those details came in, then it became somewhat of a very exciting opportunity uh, to be able to uh, represent your country. Can't imagine putting on the jersey that says USA. I got a little chill there, Bill, when you said that. I mean, it, it is. It is such a special... And I love the Olympics. I, this is this is my favorite thing. Like, I just can't get it. I'm, I'm wearing an Olympic t-shirt, actually, right now, underneath my Midco sweater. But it's... Um, it, just think about that, that these guys get the opportunity. It's awesome. So, best of luck to Jake and the rest of Team USA. Uh, again, Olympics start coming up, I think, February the 3rd, February the 4th, I think, is opening ceremonies. So, stay tuned. More Olympics talk coming, probably in future Chaves podcasts on the way. Uh, a couple other quick... Mulberry Bush items. Indoor track and field has kicked off their season uh, in full. Really good set of performances down in Fargo with the Bison Team Cup on the 15th. A number of top 10 performances all time, including two from Kenna Curry, who's a South Dakota girl that's gone up to North Dakota and has done a great job. uh, Weight throw, shot put, making things happen. Alyssa Peterson won the 3K in the 10th fastest time in UND history. Feels like things are getting started on a good note for that program as we kick off. Yeah, and then right uh, as we were um, ready to go down to Fargo, uh, Coach Varen Camp had the opportunity to figure out uh, who could actually make it down to the actual meet itself. So there were a few that were hoping to actually participate that didn't. uh, But uh, as we're sitting here, Oh, about a month away from indoors to some degree, uh, you know, maybe to some, in some ways, maybe it, it, it's good to kind of get this cleared out. And I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping that's what this wave will do for us. Yeah. That's for, for track and field, for all of these sports, that is the one positive. If you can sort of go through this now and hopefully you don't get too ill or pass it along, that will sort of free you up. Like you said, for the next two, three months of, of, of immunity, you hope, but couple of big events coming up for indoor track and field. They'll be at Brookings this coming Saturday at the Jim Emmerich Invite. They'll be back home on the 29th. Kind of a good test run for UND as they'll host the UND Open in advance of the Summit League Indoor Championships coming at the last weekend of February. Good opportunity for not just the athletes, but our staff to sort of see 
what's this going to be like now to host a full meet in advance of those Summer League Indoor Championships in about a month's time? No doubt, Alex. Our staff does a great job hosting these events, but uh, I know that they've been working hard uh, with the Summit League as well. They've been in meetings in regards to the indoors. And so, uh, yeah, we're excited about it. I mean, uh, we get to show off the Pollard Center. And so uh, that's something that uh, obviously we, we want, we love doing and we want to continue to do. Tennis also has not quite gotten started. Again, the men were supposed to play Nebraska and Creighton this past weekend. Those matches have been postponed. They'll be on the road this week to Wisconsin. They'll be in Madison taking on the Badgers and DePaul on the 21st and 22nd. The women weren't scheduled to start until this coming weekend. So they'll be in Des Moines and uh, Omaha coming up on the 21st and the 23rd. So fun to see again, a lot of these winter sports, some that have sort of part seasons in the fall, some in the spring, fun to see them starting to kick off their season and get back into competition. Yeah, no doubt about it. Unfortunately, uh, uh, I thought we were going to be able to get the Nebraska and Creighton uh, matches off, but um 11th hour, um, we were able to uh, make a quick pivot and uh, decide that that wouldn't be the, the right thing to do at this point. And so early, I mean, it is early in the tennis season. So uh, if it's, again, going, if something's going to go left on us right now, rather have it in January. We're going to talk maybe a little tennis on the B side today, Aussie Open stuff. Stay tuned for that. That's coming up in just a bit. First, though, uh, you mentioned, we mentioned a moment ago, a lot of other non-UND related things that are interesting, like streaming, for example. I think our fan base is still figuring out how streaming works in the Summit League. I know it's been a couple of years now, but you sort of got used to the old Big Sky Pluto TV model. And now it, things are a little more piecemeal with ESPN Plus and and other other things going on. You've got some thoughts, Bill. Yeah, no, I, I've just had some conversations from with some of our folks, uh, our, our, our awesome fans. And you know, I, I'd say, I think simply, and, and you probably can help us to some degree, you know, getting your head around it to some, some level, it's hard. That's a start there. It's hard. You know, you've got to actually figure out, like right now, we don't have one common platform in the Summit League like we do in the NCHC. So that's a difference. So start there. So you've got to go to each individual school and figure out what is happening with their streaming service. Now, unfortunately, sometimes you find that they're behind a paywall and you then have to make a choice at that point in time. Do you want to pay for the game or not? And I'll be honest with you. I'm in the same boat. I, I'm in the same boat like everybody else when that occurs. And what I'm excited about to some degree, and I, I, I think the Summit League is, is trying to take the temperature of how maybe to make it simpler or easier moving forward. But when everyone is kind of doing their own thing right now, to be able to bring them all back under one tent, not the easiest thing in the world. No, it's not. No. And the way that streaming is sort of advanced and how there are some pre-existing deals, I believe, with the Summit League, because a lot of those, a lot of those games, pretty much all those games that are out there are on ESPN Plus, almost all of them. But there's also other areas, like again, we have our own thing I, for, for North Dakota, for South Dakota, for South Dakota State right now. You can watch those home games on Midco Sports Plus, but not every one of those games is broadcast by Midco. So you could be, like for example, this weekend's, the UND women are home on Thursday and Saturday, but because we only have so many people and so many trucks, et cetera, we're not broadcasting either of those games. I can understand the frustration. It is complicated every week of, is this game going to be on TV? If not, where can I find it? And if not, 
do I have to pay for it? And what's the quality going to be like? There's a lot of question marks. Absolutely. Yeah. So I I just wanted to address it. No real answers here other than we are going to have conversations, no doubt about it in the Summit League. I I think that the the last thing I'll say, because I was part of the big sky when the Pluto thing occurred, a little bit easier there because we were a little bit newer in the streaming game at that point. And so some schools in a sense, weren't even doing it at that point in time. And then as life goes on and you have like official website providers, they then have the rights to your streaming as well. If you want them to provide you the platform that is your website. And so those are some of the details that we're trying to have conversations about, but I just thought I'd bring it up on the pod here. Cause I had some really good conversations with some folks and you know what, when they say it's hard, yeah, yeah, it is. It's very hard. Yeah. And for those people, again, I'm not sure the demographics of the group that you talk to, but I know if you are a little bit of the older generation, or even if you're like, again, my age, I have a tough time figuring out sometimes what the heck is going on. And I'm in this business. So if you're listening to this and you're frustrated and you're in your 60s or 70s, I, I'm in the same boat as you are. Everybody's trying to figure this stuff out. Some of these things are more complicated than they should be, but it's good to hear that maybe there is a path forward where things might be a little more simple. So two things, uh, you know, if you just take, take, um, you know, one of our favorite uh, soccer teams, there's multiple streaming services you're going to have to get if you want to watch all of their matches like that. That's actually happens as well on, on that level. So, uh, you know, Unfortunately, that is the case right now where we are uh, in life. Um, you know, as, as we're kind of moving forward, though, I, I think the beauty of the NCHC to some degree is you can go to one site and you can see all the games, right? And you can click to them. Boy, that is awesome when that happens. And you know what? We're just not there at this point. And so can we get there? Maybe, maybe, but I, we need to continue, uh, you know, have this conversation because it's important to make it as easy as possible, as few as clicks as possible. I find if, if it's a little more complicated to find these games, I usually don't watch. And like, that's the last thing that you want. You want to make it, like you said, the path of least resistance to be a fan that's sometimes where you end up going. And that's, it, it's, you're absolutely right. You know, if you go to our Fighting Hawks app, it's really slick down in the lower, you know, it'll say live. And so within a couple clicks, get in there and you can certainly get our radio feed at that point in time. So if you're listening, wanting to listen to Tim, Paul, or Jack, boom, that's pretty easy. Now, the question is more the video feed. That that's the issue that becomes challenging. And so don't don't think that we're not having these conversations because we have it quite a bit. And, and part of it when I talk to Kyle in our communications group is we have to continually secret shop ourselves and figure out, you know, are we making it as as easy as possible for our fan base um, if they go to our website? Or wherever it could come from a social media, um, you know, it could be from a tweet where we have all of the links on there. I mean, however that goes, we we have to continually make it easier. (laughs) I will say quick plug for Midco Sports Plus because this podcast is sponsored by Midco Sports. It does not simplify the fact that you do have to go different places and we don't do road games. If UND's playing at South Dakota State, awesome. That that game will be on Midco Sports Plus. If they're going to Tulsa, eh, we, we won't have that game for you probably. But 
I'm really proud of how our team has made that app really easy to use, either from a browser standpoint or on your phone or through a couple of other different services. That is a really simple app to use. So I'm really, I'm really proud of our group. And if you're interested again in that, check out midcoastsportsplus.com. It's $5.99 a month. And that's it's all the games you can watch whenever you want to. I've been really impressed with how easy our app is to use, but doesn't solve every problem. <laughs> but for the majority of the home games, that's the one nice thing about that. So more conversations to come. Uh, and I'm sure that things will get, hopefully, streamlined in the streaming game before too long. You never know. You never know. One other big notes, uh, NCAA convention bill coming up this week. You're leaving tomorrow. What's on the agenda? I'm sure a large agenda probably this time around. Yeah, you know you know what truly it is, Alex. Um, so historically speaking, there's going to be a change to the Constitution. I, I would be shocked if, it, I'll call it the 45-page Constitution, doesn't get adopted down to the 15-page constitution. Uh, that, that to me, it, it would be an upset if that doesn't go through. I, I think there'll be some conversation about it, but I think that goes through. The real, the real reason why you're there is to really kind of figure out what's next after that, because there's a transition committee that's trying to do their work to figure out uh, how division one is going to operate. It feels like we're continuing to have this conversation, but is there going to be, for lack of a better term, two divisions in division one? I don't know the answer to that. Is there going to be a different way that we uh, literally operate on a daily basis? And I think those are the conversations slash meetings that will interest me and the reason why I'm going live and in person, because it's, it's kind of feels a little bit historical, feels as if you need to be there. And, you know, sometimes it's always the meeting before the meeting or the meeting after the meeting that makes a difference. And, and that's the reason why I'm heading to Indy. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Well, I know a lot of people are going to be interested to see what comes out of this, again, on a number of different levels. What's this mean for the future of conferences? What is this going to do in terms of, you know, major college football and how do we how do we shake things up? And uh, there's just, there's some like granular things, I think, that are going to take place over the next couple of days that most of the public won't really give a hoot about, but they're going to make a big difference in terms of how the NCAA runs moving forward. I'm excited to hear your report, Bill, when we chat again in two weeks. It'll be good. And then I'm, uh, it just happens to be our hockey team is not so far away. So I'm going to join them in Kalamazoo, which is great. Works out. Double dipping. I love it. That's right. Ernie Banks. <laughs> Ernie Banks. Let's play two. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, anything else on your plate in terms of NCAA stuff, other UND stuff we didn't touch on? I don't think so. I think we can flip to a quick B side because I know we have a little bit of a heart out here. So, uh, but we can, yeah. we can go around the mulberry bush real quick. So the big, I got two things today on my B side. The big one, of course, is that our both of our football teams just lost, kind of in humiliating fashion this past weekend. Uh, uh, just just the combined fifty-one points between the two losses to the Chiefs and the Bills for the Steelers and the Pats. Your thoughts? Uh, after Wild Card Weekend, Bill. Yeah, so so let me hit you on a couple things because I've had a few of my friends who know that I'm a Steeler fan say, "Oh, you must have been dying on Sunday night um, watching the uh, San Diego Raiders game." And I just said, "Not really. I was sleeping. I protested. I slept in protest because I felt as if it was not fair that they knew the result, which is I really like what soccer uh, leagues do now." I'm going to give the NFL, I'm going to now defend them. I, I, you're not going to be able to move all the windows to, to just one time frame. I get that. The one thing they did was awesome was make sure you're playing a division team. 
because there was nothing better than the Raiders probably knocking the Chargers out. It would have been nothing better than the Steelers knocking the Ravens out. So at least that has worked out. Moving forward, I think the seven teams, I liken it to baseball expanding a little bit where baseball teams now, many more heading into September 1, feel like they have a shot. And I felt like week 18 was definitely entertaining. Now, I would say flip it. The first week of the playoffs, mm, probably not that entertaining. This week is probably going to be the entertaining one. Yeah, isn't that funny? You sort of sacrifice a little bit of your playoffs for the last week of the season, which, again, some could argue maybe shouldn't have even happened. I'm not sure if we really needed an extra week or maybe have an extra bye week in there. Who, who knows? But you are right. That is a good way to put it. It really, I think we had one close game. I mean, really, like Cowboys and 49ers was really the only interesting tight I guess I guess Bengals uh, Raiders was was a close game too but uh, for the most part though I mean the Bills blowing out the Pats and the Chiefs blowing out the Steelers that was the norm this week and that continued last night into the Monday night game with the Rams killing the Cardinals this week now you have some real interest one of the cool things I think from the NFL's perspective is though we know you're going to watch these playoff games it doesn't matter if they're going to be blowouts or not. You're at least going to watch the first half probably to see how things go. And you're much more inclined to watch an interesting Week 18 game now versus you're not going to tune in if, if there's nothing at stake. So they probably played it right, as they usually do. I think so, because it, 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 there were so many teams that were still in the hunt to some degree. It was no different than baseball. I mean, if you think about it, really what baseball did is really make the trade deadline really kind of interesting. Am I a buyer or seller? Because baseball is an interesting sport. There's two seasons, two distinct seasons in baseball, trying to get through to the playoffs. But once you do, boy, now the games uh, get a little bit different, don't they? They, they? they shrink. It feels like every run makes a difference and you start you know, utilizing your pitching differently. So it's just interesting. I, I think they made the right decision, but it, it didn't make for a great weekend for sure games. Yeah, especially not for our teams. Ooh. So tough. tough Ooh. We can move on. Ends. We can move on. It's draft time. <laughs> no, that's that's a good way to put it. You're going to be picking 20th. Uh, we will see. We will see what you do. We'll see if there's a quarterback who emerges or if something else takes place for the steel curtain. But, uh, well, uh, yeah, we're all in the same boat right now. We're going to be watching other people play the rest of the way. I did mention tennis. One quick note on the Aussie Open. I know you enjoy tennis. You're a tennis guy, and I am too. Um, it is funny because we were talking about streaming, and now ESPN has pushed a lot of their Aussie Open coverage to ESPN Plus, which has bummed a lot of people out. But the, obviously, the big story was the Novak Djokovic situation and how he was in, and then he was out, then he was in, then he was out. What a frustrating deal, really, for everybody involved. It's too bad that's overshadowed, really, the first week of this great tournament. It is. I, I look forward to the day that we're not having those conversations. You know, I just, I, I didn't really have much of an opinion. I, I um, you know, I, I try to stay somewhere in the middle, just understanding that everyone's doing things based on what they think is the right thing for themselves. Now, having said that, um, that, that can affect opportunities for you. And in this case, obviously it did. Yeah, Novak would have been going for a record 21st Grand Slam in a place that he had won 10, I think 9 or 10 down in Melbourne. Like that's been the place where he's had the most success. And he would have probably, obviously he would have been the favorite to win the thing this year. So strange, strange deal how that all played out. But still going to make for a fun two weeks of tennis. It's just, it's the happy slam bill. 
It's warm. It's nice. The sun is out. It's summer down in Melbourne as we sit here, as we sit here at our negative 20 degree temperatures. That's why the, yeah, that's why the Aussie opens the best. That's definitely a bucket list for me at some point in time. And, and if we're, if we're my wife and I are ever going to go to Australia, I, why wouldn't you go during this time? Right? So at the end of the day, just to kind of, uh, kill two birds with one stone, so to speak. But at the end of the day, it'd be great. It'd be, I know it's, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? When you're seeing it and there it's 101 and you know, it's just craziness down there. I know. And you look out the window and think, gosh, why am I not there? <sighs> yeah. It's not 101 here. No, it is not. No, it is not. I've been to Australia before. I've been to Sydney and beautiful country, it, lovely people. I made the mistake of going in our summer, their winter, but you know, it was still nice. It was still it was still a great time. So something certainly to do. Uh, it's a jewel at the bottom of the world, and this this tennis tournament is going to be a lot of fun to keep track of here over the next two weeks. So. Yeah, that's that's one for sure. Uh, you know, I, I've done the U.S. Open before a long, long time ago, and uh, haven't done obviously uh, anything else. So uh, at, at some point, uh, Wimbledon would be awesome. And obviously, if you're ever going to be in, boy, if you're ever going to do Europe, you could kind of. You could kind of do the tail end of the French and then uh, go do the front end of the of Wimbledon and then figure out when the Spurs are playing, right? Which is really, at this point, never. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Poor Tottenham. That's That'll be for a B-side maybe in two weeks when they get a game or two in. Those poor buggers. It, was, it wasn't their fault this time. Arsenal. Arsenal were the ones who called it off. This hey, hey, here's what I'll tell you. I just keep looking at the matches in hand and I keep saying, hey, if we win them all, we're going to be right up the table. <laughs> this just in. We actually have to win them, though. Just automatically give yourself the nine points. Oh, of course. Out there for the I team. do that Just all the time. Automatically put that to your life. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, that's well, right. You got to get going. I appreciate the time as always, Bill. Great to chat and catch up. Best of luck navigating all this in the next couple of weeks. Sounds good, Alex. He's Bill Shaves. Kyle Doporowski is our producer this week. Big thanks to Kyle for putting the podcast together. I'm Alex Heinert. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you in two weeks on the next edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. Mm-hmm.